Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the entire internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Cool. It was a great day. I feel like there's a lot of good basketball. We haven't seen too, too many bad injuries this week, so that was a positive. Yeah, um, I mean, there's still some, like, twisted ankles and some hand injuries out there, but, like, no one's out for three months this week, and I think that might be the first week we could say that. And we didn't see the, like, super devastating, we're going to have to blow this team up because our superstar player got hurt, which is good. There's been some weird stuff already, though. Um, the Spurs have lost five games in a row, which yeah, I, I, when was which, when did that happen last? That's what I mean. I'd like to look that up on Basketball Reference. Like, has Popovich ever lost five games in a row? But that's a real thing. I, I I can tell you that's a real thing. They have lost five in a row this year, which is crazy. Um, and they play the Mavericks on Monday in Dallas, and that that could be six in a row. So, and they're healthy too, which is weird, right? Like, the Warriors are unexpectedly bad, but they've been missing all of their good players, at least for a couple games this season. And the Spurs have been pretty darn healthy and are, you know, five and eight and lost five in a row. So that's just one of the many crazy, crazy things we've seen. And then obviously we've seen a ton of out of nowhere performances and yeah, it's been fun already. I think we've got like, you know, four weeks is a decent sample size. It's still a pretty small sample size. It's still like 11, 12 games, but it's about one eighth of the season. And I feel like, trend like guys who started hot or were were cold to st- start the season they're starting to revert back to the mean rudy gobert uh has had a couple of very good nights he's definitely you know gonna play like he was he started out slow he started out playing not that many minutes he's gonna be fine i think the you know the buy low season is over for him bradley beal is you know playing out of his mind he just had 244 point nights which is pretty insane um, and then also like miles turner is back so i told you on our uh sell low sell low on all those indiana uh pacers players when miles turner returns because he is going to suck up all the usage and they all had you know a pretty mediocre night in miles turner's return so i'm just throwing that out there that you should be listening to all of the watching the boxes podcasts on the hashtag basketball fantasy basketball podcast network but you already listened to it anyway, so I don't really need to tell you that. What did you think about Paul George's return playing? This is like insane. Playing 22 minutes per game uh, out of the first two nights, averaging 35 points, four and a half three-pointers, six and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, a steal and a half a block. That's pretty insane. Yeah, so we saw Paul George take a leap to be amazing last year, and perhaps he had two shoulder surgeries and took another one and that's just insane i think paul george and we mentioned this last year a lot like you know paul george kind of went as one of the more underrated players as far as like he was putting up top two top three numbers and he finished third in the mvp obviously but i feel like not that many people talked about paul george the entire year and you looked up at the end of the season and paul george was you know statistically right up there with any player He's a top five player, and, and I, I would say right after this, you know, you do have to worry about his injuries. You do have to worry about him getting into playing 
shape, even though I guess not because he's like, you know, 22 minutes, 35 points a game. Could this be the ultimate sell high? Like go get like Carl Anthony Towns for Paul George right now. Will Carl Anthony Towns be better than Paul George? I mean, Paul George was better last year, right? Technically, yes. Um, he was. If he's playing like 36 minutes, Paul George could easily be a top five player and Carl Anthony t- better than Carl Anthony Towns. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I think maybe, you know, you got Paul George at a nice discount this year because he missed the beginning of the season. And perhaps you should just be happy that you now have a top five player on your team. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens when, you know, him and Kawhi play together. And there'll be probably some, at least a couple weeks where they kind of work that out. But, I mean, we've seen Kawhi play with great players. We've seen Paul George play with, you know, one of the more ball-dominant players in the league and Russell Westbrook. So I'm not super worried about either one of those two producing. Plus, you know, Kawhi's going to miss enough games where, you know, they're going to give the keys to Paul George and he's going to go off, man. So. I'm not worried about Paul George at all. And I think, you know, if you're trying to trade for Paul George now, it, it's probably going to cost you a top five player and it, and it probably should. Definitely. Another, I think, thing I really enjoyed in these first four weeks that I think was like, oh, it's the first week and everybody like PJ Washington and Devontae Graham are going off. And we were like, go pick these players up right now. The worst case scenario is that they're not good and you just drop them back to your bench, but go pick them up right now. Looks like this Charlotte team is better than we thought it was going to be. And it also looks like Devontae Graham and PJ Washington are setting themselves up at least for a, a run in the top 100. Uh, another one of my bold predictions, right, on Mr. PJ Washington that's looking uh, pretty strong there. Uh, yeah, you know, this Charlotte team uh, going into the year, I thought was maybe the worst team, maybe one of the two or three worst teams. And yeah, they're in, they're in the playoffs right now. I mean, they've won six games already. I was thinking they were going to win, you know, maybe 20 games all season. And, you know, I, I think now we're reevaluating that and they're better than that. And Nick Batum just came back and played a pretty good game. He didn't score a ton, but like he did the Nick Batum line where he gave you some good points or some good rebounds, some good assists, you know, a steal. So yeah, potentially the Charlotte team isn't that bad, and you know we'll we'll see where it goes from here. Like I'm not expecting them to make the playoffs, but I think we talked about this at the beginning of the season a lot. Like those kind of bottom couple spots in the East are are very much up for grabs. I am um, I'm not pleased. I uh, personally just because uh, I had a choice between the Cavaliers and the Hornets with the second to last pick in a in a wins pool. And I was like, well, Kevin Love is better than everybody on the Hornets, so I'm going to go with with the Cavs. And then uh, preseason came along, and the Cavs were giving up like 180 points a game and scoring about 72. And I was like, I even that. And then I was like, maybe I made the wrong choice. And now I feel as if uh, it's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle. The Cavs me. team, though, you know. Unlike some of the other teams, and, and we don't maybe need to slander them, although we can if you want. Um, I don't need to slander the Chicago Bulls any more than I'm currently slandering the I, Chicago Bulls. I'll, I'll say that Cavs team is scrappy. Like, if you watch a Cavs game, like, those guys are competing hard and they're acquitting themselves to the best that they can. Like, they're not a great team, but you know, the, the two or three Cavs games I've seen this season, I was impressed with the way they're competing and you know, just kind of the the scrappiness of that team, despite being, you know, a little bit under-talented. You know, Tristan Thompson's having a great year. Kevin Love's 
Kevin Love played very well against the Mavericks. He was, you know, going off there in the first quarter. And, you know, they got Garland and Sexton that are, like, trying hard and Seti Osman. You know, they got a lot of guys that aren't aren't that bad. And so, you know, I'm not slandering that Cavs team. Like, they're not winning a lot of games, but they're giving a, a good effort. And really that's all you can, you can ask. Like, no one wants to be a fan or, or watch a team all season that not only do they suck, but they don't try and they're not really competitive in, in any games. Uh, I would say Cleveland is not that team. They're not that team. Like they're going to compete and they're going to win some games just because you know they're they're hustling and they're doing things. Uh, I I know what it's like to root for one of those teams uh, and a team that where all of their losses, but like two, have been after giving up ten point leads in the fourth quarter, which I'm pretty sure is a record for the Chicago Bulls, who are now like four and nine. No joke, have given up. I think six, possibly seven leads over the course of the fourth quarter. It's it's embarrassing. It's sad. Of uh, Jim Boylan needs to be fired. Gar Foreman needs to be fired. They need to sell the team. It's that's the most disappointing team to me is is the Chicago Bulls. And like Larry Mark is playing hurt right now, so I'm not too worried about that. And I think what we should do, Tyler, um, I, I kind of like this discussion, is that uh, once we're a third of the way through the season, just kind of do a kind of do a recap of what we thought and where we're at and possibly what to uh what to look forward to i i, I like that doing like a, a third of the year recap what do you think about that i'm cool with that did you see zach low slandered your boy laurie Markin in a little bit in his 10 10 things he likes and 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 didn't like which is if if you're not reading that that is one of my must read columns of the week i mean i don't i don't have anything to do with it i don't write it um zach low obviously works for espn and, and i don't but i would say that if you're not reading that you should be it's a great look at you know 10 and sometimes he even does 11 or 12 you know just things around the league to watch for things that are surprising him you know and you know it's helped me a time or two in fantasy kind of pick up on something that ha- is slowly becoming a trend right kind of at the, the front end of a trend so um yeah that's something to definitely check out Zekla, one of the best obviously uh maybe in the entire industry though tyler don't sell yourself short if you were hired on at espn to do their fantasy basketball you'd be far and above better than all the other fantasy basketball stuff going on on espn so you should apply you should apply very soon because i'm tired of i'm tired of seeing those bad rankings i did the first thing i'd try to do is get them to upgrade their platform they'd probably fire me in an instant you'd be fired immediately tyler let's just be honest uh let's get into week five tyler once again always you're ahead of the game. You have a week five preview over on hashtag basketball.com. Our sponsor for the watching the boxes podcast, along with draft.com, my favorite daily fantasy uh, basketball site. Actually, it's just fantasy sports. You can gamble daily. And instead of picking a team with like salaries and a bunch of other nonsense, and you know, you're going up against these guys who basically run algorithms to do it professionally. You draft a team against other players. And so if you're good at fantasy basketball, you're good at drafting, you'll be good at draft.com. So go to draft.com, download that on your phone or or play online, and use the promo code HTB, hashtag basketball, when you sign up and you will get a free entry into your first game. Let's get into week five, Tyler. Kind of an interesting uh, week in my opinion. There is one team, the, the Phoenix Suns, who are playing five games. Everybody else is uh, playing four or three per usual, so that's that's a, a nice little 
tidbit there is that the Phoenix Suns are going to be um, very valuable this this week. And Indiana, Memphis, and Orlando are playing only two games, and then we have a huge, huge Wednesday-Friday slate, 11 games on Wednesday, 10 games on Friday, 10 games on Saturday, and then only two games on Thursday. That's kind of weird. Yeah, so the streaming, especially in, in, in weekly leagues, right, you can get a big advantage because you can you know maybe add a Suns player or two and get, get as, as many as three extra games if you're you know replacing a five-game guy with a two-game two guy with a five-game guy, excuse me. But in daily leagues, the streaming is absolutely brutal this week because, like you mentioned, there's, what, four days basically where it, you probably won't even have a spot open, you know, nine games on Monday, and then the three games with the three days with over ten games – the chances of you having you know a hole to put somebody in there are not good. So yeah, streaming this week in, in daily changes leagues is very very hard. And the weird part is too, you know, with it being Tuesday, Thursday, you know, and was it Saturday or Sunday? I'm I mean, I'm blanking on that right now, but it doesn't matter. It's a lot of the same teams too, so that makes it like even more hard, tough because you're basically just going to pick up a guy and hold him all week. So it's going to be really hard to use all your pickups this week. Because it's the same teams playing on the light schedule days. Yes, the um, that will help you, I think, uh, with your limited streaming options that you have uh, this week. And and actually, it makes a lot of sense why Darius Arch is in uh, is actually number one on your uh, weekly lock leagues. Get those five games, but I don't. You know, I'd even say uh, Phoenix Suns is one of those ga- games that's playing when only two teams are playing on uh thursday so you got uh the phoenix suns playing that tuesday tuesday thursday back-to-back actually monday tuesday thursday and a saturday sunday back-to-back rough week for the the phoenix suns but i'm actually surprised Darius arch is owned in less than 50 percent of leagues that was very surprising to me because i think he's a fairly good fancy player yeah what's happened you know with sarge is he's had a lot of kind of dud games early on and that really shouldn't be that unexpected you know he's fitting in with the new team and and all that stuff so yeah i mean i was a little bit surprised to see him there but at the same time like it it makes sense to me you know he his stats so far aren't super super good you can see them there he he averaged 11 he's averaging 11.3 points six rebounds 2.1 assists 1.83 pointers 1.1 steals in 28 minutes it actually ranks him 101st in hashtag basketball's rankings, which right, so he's 108th. I'm sorry, so he's a top, you know, 110 player. He should be owned, but when you look across the board, there, like, it's not a fantastic contribution in any one area. And we talk about this all the time. Those are the guys that always go underappreciated. You know, the Auto Porters and the, you know, the Dario Sarches because you know, 11 points is good, but it's not great. Six rebounds is good, but it's not great. 1.83 pointers is good, but it's not great. 1.1 steals is good, but it's not great. And it's hard for people to realize, you know, and conceptualize in their own brain that a good, a good, a good, a good, a good, and a good contribution makes you a pretty darn good fantasy player. Here's the obvious thing. If you're going for one night, if you're streaming somebody for one single game or a back-to-back, you kind of want that player who's going to give you uh, maybe three blocks or 20 rebounds. Like, it it does make sense to look for those guys who have outliers – uh, that are stellar in one category, but not great in any other categories since in head to head leagues. Uh, it just all that matters is those pure stat totals. Getting five games out of Darius Saric is, and having a guy who does it across the board is like playing, you know, a guy who gets 10 rebounds for two nights 
you're still going to get more out of Dario Sarge if you play him five nights, five games this week than the outlier guy who plays in two weeks. So you can pick up one guy, play him all week, and get more stats, not just in the rebounds or in the specific category you're looking for, but in all categories. Um, I just think that like that is something that's, like you're saying, often overlooked in uh, in streaming leagues, especially daily streaming, uh, when some of these guys might not, you know, when some of these guys might not uh, be even on a team. And, and Saric is not hardly on, he's not even on 50% of teams. Get it this way too, and this is kind of how I conceptualize this in my own brain and maybe how it'll help some other people do it, you know. Look at a guy like Nikola Vucevic, okay? So you look at it in your own mind and you go, okay, I can start Vucevic or Saric this week. We can both agree that Vucevic is what a top thirty player, like like Vucevic is very good, much better than Dario Saric, right? So like, it seems like a slam dunk to start Vucevic, but really when you're looking at it, okay. So last season, we'll, we'll forget that Vucevic is off to a little bit of a cold start. We'll look at last season's numbers. He averaged almost twenty one points, twelve rebounds, almost four assists, a steal, and a three pointer, and he averaged a block, okay. So he's only playing two games this week. So that's like 42 points, like 24 rebounds, like eight assists, two steals, and two three-pointers. Now you go someone like Saric who's playing five games, right? Even if he averages 10 points a game, that's 50 points. That's more than you're getting from Vucevic. His six rebounds times five is 30. Again, that's six more rebounds than you're getting from Vucevic. He's only averaging two assists, but he's playing five games, so he's averaging 10 assists. So there's two more assists because it's 10 to 8. And, you know, you just keep going down the line like that. So, you know, if the decision, like, is between Vucevic and Saric this week, for me, I'm starting Saric 10 times out of 10 because he's playing so many more games. And even even when you're looking at three-game guys, like, you have to produce a damn good stat line to produce better in three games than someone else does in five. Absolutely. I mean, like, it's just, it's simple math at that point. So always pay attention. Go to the advanced schedule on the hashtag basketball.com. That is my favorite schedule that you can find for daily and weekly leagues. It's how I uh, prepare for my weeks. And it's probably how Tyler prepares for his weeks. And then you can pop over to his article on hashtag basketball.com and get the nitty gritty. And uh, one of the players in your top 10 to pick up this week is another player. I'm actually fairly surprised is, uh, is not rostered. In 50% of leagues, and that's Daniel House. Daniel House is having a, a very good start to the season. As you uh, state here, he's averaging 12 points, two and a half threes, five rebounds, and over a steal and over a block a game, which, once again, one of those across-the-board type lines that we're, that we're talking about. Yet, he's, he's only played 30 minutes, so I, I guess you could put a little bit of a asterisk on, on that number. But he's rated, uh, rated 67th in hashtag basketball's ranking for the year. Why isn't this guy in more uh, rostered in more leagues? Good question. Um, the steals and blocks seem like an aberration, right? Like he played 25 minutes a game last year, and he averaged half a steal and .3 blocks. So, you know, he's playing 30. He's playing five more minutes. So you, you shouldn't expect it to be, you know, both those categories, you know, be doubled in almost three times as much um, in the blocks. So that's something, right? Um, the other thing is, you know, perhaps he injured his back and hasn't played in the last few games. But they keep listing him as questionable, which makes me think he's coming back relatively soon. 
Um, he missed the the Rockets last three games. So, you know, usually you don't list a player as questionable unless he's back within the week or so. So I'm I'm assuming he's going to play this week, but it's worth mentioning that he has missed the last three games and he only played 11 minutes in the game on the 11th when he did hurt his back. He came out early. He's also getting an increased opportunity with Eric Gordon out now. So you have to think he's going to get potentially more minutes and potentially more production. Like you mentioned, he's only playing 30 minutes a game, but if you look at his game logs, they lost to the heat by 29 points and he basically didn't play late in the game at all and only played 20 minutes that night. He has the game where he played 11 minutes where he injured his back. So there's plenty of games, you know, there's five games on this game log, four games on this game log where he's played over 36 minutes. So you got to think, you know, House maybe is even in line for a little bit more playing time. Now, is he going to shoot 45.5% from three-point range? Probably not. So some of the numbers do look a little bit fluky, and they look a little bit small sample size. The injury plays a a factor in his low ownership as well, I think. But, you know, assuming this guy's going to be back and playing pretty good minutes this week, he's going to be probably really good. And I would not be surprised if the steals and block numbers, you know, stay up for a little bit just because he's playing passing lanes and he's doing stuff like that. And he's just a little bit more active on the defensive end from what I've seen this year. And that that's, that bodes well for him. Now, will he average 1.2 and one for the season? No, he's probably going to average like one, maybe points, 0.8.9 steals and like half a block probably, but still those numbers are not terrible. Well, those th- those numbers aren't bad, and that's kind of the the point here. You might you got to play a hot hand when he's hot, even if it's an outlier, even if those steals and blocks are a bit of an outlier. But like across the board, this guy is a standard league uh, valued player. He's rostered in less than fifty percent of leagues, and he's probably in line for decent minutes throughout the season with the Houston Rockets. So overall, just watch that Twitter. Uh, that Houston Rockets Twitter, make sure House is actually going to play, see if you can get that information out ahead of time. And then I would say start start generously Daniel House this week because I, I do think he's going to be able to put you over in as, in a, quite a few categories while he's playing this well. Uh, Tyler, are, are any of the other guys in your top uh, 10? I see that you have two Chicago Bulls players, including the masterful Kobe White who is shooting incredibly well and and getting a lot more minutes as this team realizes that they are trash. And, you know, White is only shooting 37.1% from the field this year, and he's still averaging 13.7 points. And it's been very volatile, but in a weekly league, that volatility is a little less risky because – okay, he has a crap game or two. He probably has a really good game or two. So, you know, we're talking about four games. Usually that all kind of evens out in the wash. And if you're averaging 13 points a game, you know, you get, you know, that relative average for the week. Even if you have a five-point game and a 22-point game, you know, it all works out in the end. So I'm fine with Kobe White this week. It's mostly a points and three-pointers add, right? Like he's getting .8 steals, which it's not nothing, but it's obviously not not one-and-a-half steals. So, uh, I mean, add Kobe White. Jordan Clarkson's another guy. Like, you're looking for points and threes. There may not be anyone better on your waiver wire than Jordan Clarkson. I mean, he's averaging 14.7 points and one and a half three-pointers made so far this season. So, 
as someone to think about. Bryn Forbes is another guy who's averaging a ton of points and threes uh, this season. So there's another guy that I wouldn't mind. I wish Dad Young was playing a little bit more. I think we talked about this when when the Bulls signed in that we were wishing he would go somewhere else just because, you know, he's always been a good points and rebounds and steals streamer. Um, he's just not getting a ton of ton of minutes in Chicago, but he is also on the list. And then I snuck in a guy at the bottom there that I'm really excited about. He's not playing a ton yet, but Anthony Simons from Portland, I've seen a lot of good things, a lot of things that I like from him this year. And I think I mentioned this in my bull predictions at the beginning of the season that he was going to be useful at some point this season. And he just looks really good. And he looks like he could be a really good player if he gets the minutes. So that's kind of a guy that, that I'm streaming a little bit right now. And I'm also watching, right? Like if the Blazers decide that they need something extra and they definitely, definitely need something extra. They signed Carmelo Anthony because they needed something extra and they try to play that kind of three guard look. I think, you know, they've been doing it a little bit already and Simons's minutes have been going up and up and up so far this season. If they commit to playing Simons a lot and especially in certain games where you look and the other team plays a little bit smaller, uh, Simons can get you a, a ton of points, man. He's got a 20 point game already this season in 24 minutes. Um, so he's a great points and threes add too. And I think Simons is a guy who can get you over a steal a game if he's playing 30 minutes, which is a big boost. And I've, a lot of people have been on him. I know the Trailblazers have been uh, touting up uh, Anthony uh, Simmons, Simons, whatever you say his name, Tyler. Simons. Um, Simons. If you look at the basketball reference for dark pronunciation, that's literally what it says. Sai uh, in all caps and then Mons. Blazers organization has been talking him up for uh, a while. And everybody's like, yeah, but then why isn't he playing? Like, if he's so good where is he and it's like well granted he's probably gonna be behind uh cj mccollum and definitely behind dame lillard but now they're playing those three guard sets because that team is you know uh, and, not very deep well and they can't we mentioned this right and it didn't surprise me that they signed carmelo we talked about this what two three four four weeks ago maybe even before the season started they don't have a forward like zach collins ripped his shoulder and he's probably out for the rest of the season. So the forwards they have left are Nasir Little, who's not ready to play NBA basketball. Anthony Tolliver, who's fine in a 15 or 20 minute a game role, but that's all he can play. Mario Hazonia, who's never shown any consistency of playing time. And Scalab Bassier. Like those are not and they're not guys that can play 30 minutes a game. They can play a role in a in a matchup, right? and be fine. But Simons is in that same boat because they have, I mean, Simons is six foot three. So against teams that have a LeBron James or a Kawhi Leonard on the wing, the Blazers can't play that three guard lineup because, you know, Dame CJ or Simons can't guard a, a big three. You know, they can't. So it has to be the right team. Another team that's going to kind of play smaller or play a, th- a, sh- a wing or two wings that aren't ball dominant, that aren't going to try to attack a ton. You know, think of like spot up shooting. You know, you can put Simons out there on a guy like that on the defensive end and be fine, but they're going to get toasted. If you know, this is an attacking, you know, small forward type guy. And they're trying to ask Simons to guard him because he's just not big enough. Yeah. They're kind of in a, 
They're, listen, if your team's signing Mello, they're definitely stuck. And I'm very interested to see how what level of play Mello still has in him when he didn't really have much level of play last year. That will be interesting. Yeah, and we've seen other guys, and, and I don't know this is the case. And I, I mean, you can read the beginning of my article this week. It talks all about Mello. Um, if you really want to know my thoughts on, on Mello. But we'll say this. We've seen guys in the past. You know, they get they sit out for a year. They had a, a nagging foot injury or a nagging leg injury, and it actually heals up a little bit, and they look a little better. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Melo because he's 35 years old. But I am saying it wouldn't be the first time that happened. And, you know, I still, and I'll still say this. Melo in the right role is probably a productive NBA player still. The question is, is Melo willing to play that role? On the perimeter, in the corner, and actually, like, try on defense? I don't know. But but see, if you put him in there strictly against other second unit forwards, and you got to play him at the four now because he can't guard a three. He just doesn't have the quickness anymore. That's my opinion, right? Like you can debate that in your own mind if you want. Think of a guy like J.J. Barea. Now, maybe not J.J. Barea since he tore his Achilles, but before that, like J.J. Barea at an advanced age could take advantage of a lot of second unit point guards because they're not that good at defenders anyways. And so he just toasts them. I think Melo could be good in a similar kind of role of like even giving him the ball and letting him do his Melo stuff against us against against strictly second unit players that aren't great defenders. Yeah, I always tell me Melo. Of- Tell me Melo can't drop in 14 points a game just roasting those guys. Like, ha I'm going to do my stuff against you and hit my, my mid-range jumpers. I always kind of wonder why, and I, I've noticed this, like, statistically, is that, like, you know, there are certain players that always tear up second teams. And right now, the Clippers haven't figured out. They, they roll out Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell out there to run pick and rolls all day long, and those guys are averaging like 18 points a game against second teams. But like, that's 40, almost 40 points, 35 points, every single night off of your bench. That puts you at such a great advantage, and then you can let your your main guys go to work. And I've, I've always wondered why more teams aren't looking to exploit other teams, second teams, by putting a, a good player or even a great player out that maybe doesn't fit with their their first team perfectly. And maybe their first team is stagnant, you know, like when Melo is out there. But the guy's got, you know, an offensive power. It's like, you know, Andrew Wiggins would be a great guy to just tear up second teams. Now, Andrew Wiggins is playing very well right now. And I hate Andrew Wiggins. Uh, as everyone knows, there is a long uh, body of history of me saying that Andrew Wiggins is not rosterable, not worth owning, not, not is, is a nobody, is a has-been, is a turd, has disappointed his parents. There's a ton of uh, audio out there on that. I think maybe that finally got to Andrew Wiggins this year, Tyler, because Andrew Wiggins is bawling out of his mind right now. No doubt, and say what you want about Rick Carlisle, but I think that's something he figured out a long time ago, and I think the Mavs, you know, in the last, you know, five, ten years have have one of the better benches and they they always put out a couple players with that bench unit, whether it's a starter that they like right now, what they do is they take out Porzingis six minutes after six minutes, you know, in the first quarter, they take him out, and then they put him back in with the bench unit and let him just get some buckets. And, and that usually that also gets him rolling. You know what I mean? Like that's it's just really smart coaching. It's just like where 
are there only like three or four smart coaches in the entire league? Like what's going on here? And I think some guys just get so rigid and regimented with those rotations that they think, you know, you know, this guy's got to play the whole first quarter and then he's got to sit a little bit in the second quarter and then come back in about halfway through and play till halftime. And then they play the whole third quarter, you know, like the traditional superstar rotation I think guys get so regimented in that stuff that they think like this has to happen. It has, this is the way, you know, the guy who helped teach me how to coach did it. And the guy before him and before him and before him. And also like how much you're paying these guys. Like, Oh, we just signed this guy for 18 million a year. He better play. And, um, that he can play. He could still play 28, 30 minutes, which is probably like the amount of time anyone should be playing. Everybody should be playing around 30 minutes, I, I do think there's, you know, unless you're incredibly great and or, or, or fairly young, you know, 34 minutes is not going to be the norm here in a couple of years. What makes no sense to me, and this is one of the guys on your uh, top 10, is the fact that Thaddeus Young, who was playing 28, 29 minutes last year, was very good in Indiana, was a veteran force, was a smart basketball player, is barely playing in Chicago, a team that desperately needs someone who knows how to play basketball. And I mean, it's been, it's been disappointing for sure. And I get it. Like they want to play marketing and they want to play, you know, a couple of these other forward guys, but isn't Lou William. And they're not necessarily marketing. Cause I think marketing could be great, but if, if marketing's banged up a little bit, like isn't Lou Williams better than most of these other guys that they're running out there for, you know, 10, Being, 12, uh, 15 minutes. Like, I'm, I mean, just, I don't get why he only plays 22. Like Thad Young. You're right. Thad Young is who you're talking about. Thad Young's a guy who yeah. screams to me, like, you should find this guy 30 minutes. Like, if you want to win a basketball game, find sure. 30 minutes for Thad Young. Find him. Which, Just find, find it anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, if you got to sit would, out Chris Dunn some, like, tell me Thad Young is not a better basketball player than Chris Dunn. I'm sorry, but he is. You would also think that, like, after losing your seventh game in the fourth quarter that you might try playing Thaddeus Young, a decent defender and a very uh, solid like regimented basketball player who makes good decisions that doesn't just jack up threes with 15 seconds left in the shot clock down the stretch. Find him the minutes. I understand Wendell Carter Jr. is great. I understand Larry Market is also really, really good. But find find some minutes for Thad Young. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. But I mean, trying to read the minds of some of these coaches is, I don't know what the word is for that. I, I, I'm not often lost for words, but reading the mind of some of these coaches is filling in that blank. I yeah, um, just Tyler. something you'll never figure out. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I would require Jim Boylan to have a larger brain than like a chestnut, like you know, like a like a little peanut-sized brain rattling around in that dumb meathead skull of his. Uh, in order to read his brain. So, like, I just don't think that's going to happen. Tyler, let's talk about the back-to-backs. We got the uh, very few back-to-backs this week due to the scheduling. Tuesday, Thursday, you got the Phoenix Suns, which we uh, did talk about, uh, and the Pelicans and the Trail Blazers. Uh, both, not a lot of options on the Pelicans, but with the injury to Brendan Ingram still lingering, uh, there could be some potential with the Pelicans. Uh, and then also we have a Thursday-Sunday kind of pseudo back-to-back and we call these back-to-backs simply because they are streaming back-to-backs not because they're actual back-to-backs and once again that is like you said the suns and the pelicans kind of a bad week for for any of those kind of like getting two games out of one yeah for sure 
I mean, there's just not a lot of daily streaming you could do. There's, I mean, like the the options are limited, the teams are limited. There's just not a lot of of anything. So you're gonna have to have the better roster this week, and you're gonna have to hope you have you know a Devin Booker or a Ricky Rubio that's playing five games. And you know, and if you lose this week, you can't really stress too much about it because the schedule is just weird. It's what you're going to have to deal with. So, you know, this might be a, Hey, get, get what you can out of your uh, third Tuesday, Thursday, back to back, and then look ahead to week six, where we do have at least some Sunday, Tuesday, uh, pseudo streaming possibilities with the Clippers and uh, with Paul George back. You do got to kind of wonder, you know, is Jermichael Green and definitely Mo Harkless is going to play less, but Jermichael Green going to play a little bit less. Are those minutes going to See, be kind of weird? And now it's a Sunday, Tuesday, which is a little bit worrying, but, you know, is Kawhi going to play? Or is this now the situation where Kawhi is going to sit for three or four games here and they're going to let Paul George do his thing? I don't know. You know, that Clippers team is, is strange. I put all three of those guys in there. Um, Zubox should still play, right? I think him and Harrell are going to handle uh, most, if not all, of the center minutes for the majority of the season, right? Like, if another team goes super small, the Clippers and Doc Rivers might kind of counter with a, with a small, you know, kind of lineup where, one, where both those guys are off the floor. That could happen. So, but yeah, I don't know what we're going to see. You know, I don't know this Kawhi Leonard thing has a a usual Kawhi Leonard injury field to it where there's just like a lot of uncertainty about w- what it even is. So who knows with that? So that's why I put all three of those guys in there, but yeah, you're going to have to watch, watch this space for sure. Because you know, when Kawhi and Paul George are both playing, you know, who else is playing those kind of forward minutes or do we try to make Paul George a two? Cause they, they really don't have anyone who's, I would say is a traditional shooting guard, especially with Landry Shamet out. And do we let all these forward guys play? Like, do we keep playing Jermichael Green and Mo Harkless and kind of pigeonhole Paul George in there as a two guard? So that's something else you could you could see from Doc Rivers and the Clippers. I think we might. Doc Rivers is actually a decent coach when it comes to that kind of stuff. Other than that, you got uh, the Sunday, Tuesday, Dallas Mavericks, Maxi Kleber uh, rostered in less than 40 or 50% of leagues is kind of silly uh, considering he's one of those kind of across the board, really good uh, top 100 players. And then the Wizards, who are absolute trash, but um, do have a few players on their bench that actually play decent minutes and are decent for you know, getting some assists from Ish Smith or some uh, threes from uh, David uh, Davis, David Davis Bertrand. So uh, check those out. Check out the article on hashtagbasketball.com. Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes fellas and ladies out there all you listeners we really appreciate you listening and if you want to support the podcast please rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this too or check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes where you can help support the show and you get access to exclusive content including our quick hits win which we have we've had a lot of quick hits already this season with everybody getting injured we do quick reactions to the goings ons in the nba so you can be ahead of the rest of your league so go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes or play daily fantasy draft.com use the promo code htb hashtag basketball when you sign up to get a free entry to your first draft and it's week five everybody it's feels it feels like it's been way longer than week five but it's only week five and we'll be back for the rest of the week with our waiver wires and our buy low sell highs now that we have a much 
more solid sample size to work with. This is when the real work begins. We will see you then. Thanks, everybody.